Good afternoon, Andy. How are you doing today? Pretty good, Michael. I got to tell you, I really love the title of this tour because it says so much and and, and it just and it just really it encompasses everything about you. The Cracked Lens and Missing String Tour, because your your photography, your music, everything is going to be coming to life on this tour. Yeah, that is really what it is. And, uh, you know, I'm surprised it took me so long to actually pull it all together. But I was doing it, you know, three years ago and then got struck down by the pandemic, just like everybody else. Uh, but I'm really happy to have. Are you taking the camera lens with you? Because you make such great documentaries. It, it'd be really fascinating to watch this whole entire thing come to a theater somewhere where, you know, I mean, look at what Taylor Swift is doing and things. I would love to see this on a big flat screen TV as well. Yeah. Well, actually, um, we have had a, a great uh, photographer. I'd already made another TV show with earlier in the year. And um, he was with me, and we we did three. He came to three shows, photographed the show, and we did a whole three days in New York City. So you might be right. It, it might be that we have. We'll see where it goes. You know, we go. Well, we're not sure what we're going to do with it. It might be just social media. I'm thinking that we got enough stuff and a lot of very funny stuff that it will be could actually be a documentary, like a actual movie. So you're right on it. Yeah. Don't you love being inside that intimate theater in the way that you can see the reaction from from the fans up close instead of being in that it's big nice, room? You know, it, it's sort of a bit like the old days. You know, I mean, you play in a stadium. It's like, yeah, they they're out there somewhere. But it's a very different experience. This is where you're really on stage. People can see you, and you, you have to be very honest and very in your in what's the right word in your mind in your body. You have to be very present. Because I, you know, I talk to the audience quite a lot. I tell four or five stories, which go down really well. But there's nothing else. You're naked. You're there, and that's it. And then I go back to playing the guitar. That's so funny that you say that because I just read an article about how Hollywood needs to learn from the musicians right now because you've mastered the art of storytelling, and 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 that's what we're what people are really craving right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to meet another guy later today that we've been talking about doing a sort of a. A special kind of guitar show that you know guitar around the world but he said they and he's a guy who's in the business like a producer but he's telling me all they want now is music 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 they want music and so anyway i'm going to meet him later today when you're up there with all the photos and the music does it feel like that you are the inside sleeve of that album because when you're telling the stories and we see the photos and things oh my god that that reminds me of the album days yeah, I mean, I mean, I think we all, you know, those of us who are of the right age still miss our vinyl LPs and all the rest of it. You know, you know, there was, you know, I mean, you can't put a photograph on a stream or something. <laughs> I mean, we used to have so much fun. Well, I mean, I've had a lifetime of it, you know, doing, putting your albums, you know, even CDs and really working out the artwork and all that, how you present it, it was always great fun such a joy to do all that and now it's kind of gone i mean although they do you know my last three records all were made as long you know play vinyl albums as well as cds and you know so i had some fun with them and i think we've got to the point where you can make vinyl albums of your current record you know and, and it sells better than the, the cds 
I can't imagine what went into building the show because I mean, I mean, you, with you with the pho- with the photography as well as the music, and now you've got to be on that stage, and the right photo has to be up there. I mean, to to build yeah. it was you're orchestrating a brilliant piece of artwork each night that you hit that stage. Yeah. Well, it did take some time, and you know, and I kept changing it and changing it. You know, you're trying to nudge a whole series of pieces into a coherent whole. Uh, you know, I also don't like to, let's say, lock it down completely because it's a work in progress. You know, and as as we've been out on the road since July, on and off, uh, we've been able to make some, you know, good little changes as we go along, and you know, re, you know, the way we have got all the sequences, which order they're in. So, you know, I like to be very sort of alive with the show. I like it's not locked down forever. I mean. You, Certain things, you know, when I tell the stories every night, there, I've never rehearsed them, never thought them through. I just start talking, and, <laughs> they, and I, I know the coherent points, and I just do it. You know, I'm not phased by it. Would would, would you say that your f- uh, photographs are of a time period that modern times will one day go, get back to? In other words, they're serving as a ticket to ride for us to go into that area where your eye used to be. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, you know, at the end of the show, for instance, right on that point you're making, you know, I, I finally sort of give them, it's a give them what you want moment, and I I, I play uh, three police songs, you know, and I used all that, well, not all of it, but all the photography I shot all over the U.S. in the 80s with the police. So it's a real look at Americana, the band then and, and the state of the U.S., you know, physically, when I was driving all over the U.S. doing thousands of shows, and and that's that's where we end it. But um, you know, these photographs span uh, you know quite a number of years. You know, I was very active in the. You know, I've never stopped, and you know, I like to use some very current stuff. I do like the third piece in is called the Bones of Chuangzhou, and that photography was all shot you know about five or six years ago in China. Mm. I went all over China. I went to China eight times. I did a huge amount of photography there. So I have a lot to draw from. But you still have to have it kind of make sense. Because yeah. I feel like with each piece like that, um, I'm taking people on a trip. You know, I do tea in the Sahara, and, and there was a point when I, I actually went to Africa, and I went to the Sahara Desert, and I did a lot of photography there. And so... Who knew that, you know, some years later I'd be traveling around the Midwest <laughs> um, because of Sahara with Tina Sahara is, is the music I play. Yeah. So what what is it about photography and musicians? Is it because when you're writing a song, you envision it and then the photography makes it authentic? It was. Yeah. You know, I guess you work through things like that and somehow you you have a sensibility and you think, well, these two actually go really well together. They both enhance each other Mm -hmm. to make kind of a third entity out of it. You know, I used to do film scoring years ago until I got sort of fed up with the business of it. But um, this is very much. Yeah, it's, it's sort of akin to music and film, music and film. How does it all go together? You're creating a mood. You want to create a certain kind of impact with it. What listeners need to understand is that you're also a brilliant uh, short story writer. And and I think that's so fascinating how you've tapped into that energy as a writer with what you're doing with photography, what you do with music. As that writer, do you hear music when you're putting those paragraphs together? 
No, actually, I mean, it's an, it's an interesting thing you were saying because, you know, like in the room I'm sitting in now where I mainly work, I, I've got one computer over there in the corner, like a 27 inch screen with, I've got my whole photographic archive and it, it's organized in a really good way so I can find everything. And, you know, I've, I've tried putting sequence together, playing music in the room at the same time. Sometimes I'm into it, sometimes I'm not. Sometimes it's nice, just sort of something there in the background. And then with writing, no, I, I, I can only be in the writing, you know, because I'm trying to write sentences that have musicality, if you like, because I'm, as a musician and as a, you know, long practicing, improvising guitar player, I'm influenced by that. And so I, in the writing, I think about, you know, the musicality of a sentence or a phrase or a paragraph and where you should just put, you know, have a paragraph and then just have two words as the next sentence, then a space, then, <laughs> you know, so on and so forth. You know, it's rhythmic and musical. <laughs> yeah, because my last book, I did exactly that. I only There would be only be two, two words in that entire sentence. And I felt, man, are readers going to get this? Or are they just going to think this guy needs to go back to grammar no, that's school? that's very hip. It's modern. <laughs> I like that. You know. I mean, just take outside of what the content is, and you look at, you've got a white page. Just look at it in shape, shapes of where the lines are. How much black do you want there? Then there's one line of black. Then there's, there's more white. Then there's two strips. You know, play, the actual page, the sort of graphic look of the page is something as well. Um, and it's a way to make a point in the writing, you know, it's just, really important. How do you deal with those moments where the creativity, I mean, you see something and all of a sudden you're moved and it's like, okay, do I write about this? Do I sing a song about this? Or do I grab the, the camera? Which one comes first? <laughs> well, that's a great point. Um, ugh, I don't know if I do that. You know, if, I, if I'm with a camera, I'm probably just going to like, I like the way those two are playing, things are playing off each other. I, I don't think I actually think of all three things at once. I think you'd probably end up in the insane asylum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I've always based things like that on just different sides of your personality or mindsets. And, and, and you don't seem to be the type of person that has to be in the mood to be creative. It just happens. Well, you know, listen, you know, when I go out on tour and I go, okay, I've got the cameras, I'm going to go out. I get into very much a photography mindset. So it's after a while... You know, everything looks like a picture to me, but you can't <laughs> shoot everything. But your, uh, let's say your visual sense wakes up, you reawaken it. Oh, it's back. Okay, I'm starting to see again. You know, uh, and so it is like that. And then, you know, obviously, if I pick up the guitar and I start playing, then it's all that stuff starts to come back. So now on this current tour, will you get out and explore some of the towns that you're going in? Yeah, I have. I, I actually had very incredible experience in photography, you know, I mean, well, let's say within the last week, we went, the last show was um, a place called Greensburg, which is essentially Pittsburgh. Mm. And Pittsburgh has got these incredible, or had, you know, the, the steel mills, the furnaces, yep. you know, there's amazing, like, industrial things from the 1880s. And I had said to the guy who was with me, like the sort of tour manager, you know, I, when we go to Pittsburgh, I want to go to one of those. I thought they were all still there because I remember them years ago, you know, and it was like the old industrial age. There's only one set left. Um, and we found out that you could do a private tour. And so, you know, 
on the day. I think I did play that night. So we went to the Pittsburgh area earlier in the day. It was between 12 and 2 to do a two-hour walkthrough of this amazing place. And i got to tell you, you know, this guy was pretty sweet, funny, funky guy. He was the tour guide, and he <laughs> oversaw tour holding because it's really like a museum. It's like a, you know, a, whatever you call it, you know, the last remnant of the incredible industrial age with all that, you know, they produce coal, coke, oil. Oh, and so you walk through this building, which is completely rusting and so many levels and areas, pipes, you know, cauldrons, uh, furnaces. Uh, it was absolutely mind blowing. One of the greatest things I've ever done in my life, I think, was walking <laughs> through that building. I almost go back. And the guy was incredible with his rap, if you like, about all the different parts. But it was kind of overwhelming. I've never seen anything because it's all rusting steel. Yeah. Yeah, it was fantastic. And of course, I was shooting like mad because I've never seen anything like it. But an amazing monument. It was like a sort of artwork in rusting steel. That's the craziest thing about time is that, you know, I mean, you, you can't rush time. And when you that, that's why that that picture is so brilliant, because, I mean, I'm, I was sitting here thinking about the factory you're going through, thinking about the men and women that put that building together. It's almost like they gave it to the future. And then you the vision you get for it now is because yeah. somebody was there long before us. Yeah. It, it's a, well, the lives and bodies that went through that place or, you know, there were several of them in the old days. And I think this is the only one that's left. Um amazing you know the workers who were in there in, in this incredible heat you know where they heat things up to four thousand degrees <laughs> and man you know it's another era and you know i i was incredibly impressed by it wow it has this presence you know you're inside this thing going i can't believe what i'm seeing is, is there a side of your creative personality that you would like to set up maybe even just a six-string guitar and just sing in there just to hear the acoustics well, I eventually, you know, this guy was so accommodating and nice to be with. He said, I said, man, I could shoot a video. He said, oh, don't worry about it. I've already done it. They're on it. People have done it, you know. It's got an incredible visual. It's so visual. Amazing. You know, it's like a palace of steel. You know, I don't see anything like it, but it's still there. You should go and take a look. See, that's that's what I love about your photography. It's almost like you are the tour guide as well. And 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 so maybe yeah. maybe even when you're sharing it on the stage, are you impersonating that guide that gave you that took you through that factory? Well, it's a nice way to look at it. Yeah, because you know, for instance, I went all the way through China and these, yeah. all these places. And so, in a way, I, I'm, I feel like on some level I'm saying this is what I did in my life. I went and saw all this and I sort of documented it and I was very moved by it. And so now I'm going to show it all to you and I'm going to play play the guitar to it. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I do it with, you know, let's say I'm not just tossing it off lightly. These were <laughs> intense travels and it's all done with a lot of soul. So, and I think people are sort of getting it. One one of the things I wanted to ask you about being that author, you seem to be the type of person that would use a writing instrument. Do you write it out first or do you go directly to the computer? Because I love the way that you write. Well, thank you, mate. Um, well, you know, I, I have notes that, you know, that, you know, I remember when I, well, mostly I think I start sketching it out in my head. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is a process and it's, technical to a degree and you've got to sort of know what you're doing i have ideas and, and then like okay this you know like say i wrote about some guy with a guitar and i don't know some situation he's in a 
get a few notes. And then I think probably the next way to proceed with it is to actually start writing it and see if anything comes, you know, like you get more ideas and mm -hmm. you kind of build it and build it until finally you've kind of got the whole thing and then you probably rewrite it. Um, <laughs> yep. So it's, all, it's really, in whatever people think, it's all in the rewriting. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I've got the uh, contract, this, the next book, which is called The Trouble with Guitars. Mm. And the, the idea of it, the concept is uh, that my life has been marked by guitars, you know, Stratocaster, Gibson 335, or, you know, whatever, you know, so since I was 11 years old, there's always been the guitar, the Telecaster, for instance. So I came up with about 30 guitars that sort of marked stages of life and in, in my life. And um, basically, so this, I'm at that age, whatever it is, 18, 28, whatever, and with a certain guitar. And then it's the, what was going on in my life. And mostly, of course, it's all like tricky circumstances, what I was going through at various stages. But that I had this one guitar and that's sort of the idea to so it's sort of um I guess you call it biographical wow. but the the guitars are the signifiers along the road and so I was actually I pulled it out yesterday because I'm sort of in the middle of the process with the uh, publisher and I was checking all the writing and spotted a few things here and there you've got to come back to the show anytime in the future Andy the door is always going to be open for you that's very kind well, thank you. I really appreciate that. You be brilliant today, okay, sir? All right. Thank you. Thanks for the interview. Good night talk. Thank you.